Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. A few weeks ago, it was Memorial Day weekend, my family and I, we were camping down on Weiss Lake and we were in our camper. And uh, we went to bed and it was about 11 p.m. And all of a sudden I heard a loud boom. And you know, when you're in North Alabama, you can expect loud booms at 11 o'clock at night. Um, But I heard a loud boom and I was dead asleep and it took me a few seconds for it to register. And I said, that wasn't just fireworks. And then I heard a lot of chaos after that, people yelling. And, you know, uh, I'm from the street, so when you hear a lot of chaos after the uh, loud boom, you're always assuming it's a a gunfire, you know. But uh, so I lifted my blind up, and I looked out my camper window, and about three campers down, there was fire coming up above the rooftops of other campers. And uh, what had happened was a storage unit and an empty storage unit, it wasn't empty, it had propane tanks, but a storage unit and a camper awning caught on fire out of nowhere. So I go outside and I walk down the road because, you know, who doesn't want to see a good fire? Fire draws you to it. And here's this old country boy standing in flip-flops, no shirt, and cut off shorts with a water hose. And he's standing under the awning going, we need more water, get more water. And he's trying to fight the fire with a water hose and flip-flops. I'm thinking, dude, there's nothing I can do here. It wasn't soon after that, a great resource showed up, something with a little more power, and that was the volunteer fire department from Cedar Bluff, Alabama, they showed up and put out the fire. Here's what I'm saying. Sometimes parenting, especially in our culture today, it feels like we are fighting fire with a pair of flip-flops and a water hose. Am I right? And we need more power. We need more power to get the job done. And parents, I've got good news for you today. The Bible's clear that you are not alone. If I were to give you this sermon in one sentence, if you don't remember anything else after today, here's the thing. Sermon in a sentence. The Holy Spirit is enough for you to be the parent that God has called you to be. Let me share some statistics with you. Just some quick ones. One in three in Gen Z struggle with anxiety. Did you know that suicide's the second leading cause of death among teenagers? And it's risen 60% in the past 10 years. We've got a problem. That's hard to deal with as parents. I'm going to share some other statistics. And when I say this, like, I'm not coming at this um, from a political angle. 
I'm coming at this from the heart, the heart of Jesus. When Jesus looked out at the crowds, he looked at them and he saw that they were like a sheep without a shepherd. I'm looking at this as a, as a sin problem, a broken problem, a redeemable problem. Let me share these statistics. One in six Gen Zers identify as LGBTQ+. That's according to Pew Research. Pew Research also says 50% of Gen Z say that gay marriage is good for society. 50% of millennials say gay marriage is good for society. 50% say that culture is not accepting enough of trans or non-binary people. This same research also found that nearly 70% of LGBTQ students experience feelings of sadness or hopelessness. And more than half endured poor mental health. That community has feelings of hopelessness and we know that the only hope that they have is Jesus Christ. So as Christians, we've got we've to be mindful of that and how we approach that. You know, I don't, I don't joke about that. I, I don't joke about it. Um, it. It's no laughing matter because I want, I want people to see Jesus through me. Turn in your Bibles to John 14, verses 15 to 17. And if you don't have a Bible, it's on the screen. Jesus says this, If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you for how long? For how long? Forever. If I, hey, if I can get up at 8 o'clock and start talking, y'all can too. He'll be with you forever. Okay? Help a brother out. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. In this passage, you'll notice that disciples are getting worried that Jesus was getting ready to leave them. He starts off chapter 14. He says, uh, do not let your hearts be troubled. So they were definitely get the, getting the feeling that something was up. This text begins with, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You know, obedience for the Christian isn't out of fear. Obedience for us as Christians comes from a place of love, our love for Jesus. It's not legalism. We want to please him. The mark of a Christian, a mark of being a Christian is obedience. The Bible says that his commandments are not a burden to us. Keeping his commands doesn't mean that we're perfect, but it does mean that we strive to live without sin. 
We don't make a place for sin. We don't want a place for sin to become a lifestyle and a stronghold in our life. You know, this is just one day from Jesus' crucifixion, and he's preparing them for his physical absence. But he's telling them of the promise of the Holy Spirit that's going to come after his ascension. The counselor, other translations say the teacher, the third person of the Trinity is the greatest, one of the greatest gifts, and he's referring to him, that he's going to be with them, with us, and in us forever. The Holy Spirit is a person. I think sometimes we're a little reserved or timid to speak of the Holy Spirit because we think it's hard to under, he's hard to understand or hard to explain. But he is a person. The Bible's very clear. Jesus speaks very plainly of the treasure of the Holy Spirit and dwelling and empowering us as believers. As a Christian, as a Christian parents, we've got the power, and he's the greatest parenting resource known to man. He is the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the work of the Holy Spirit and see how that applies to us as parents. And it doesn't matter if you're here today and you've got a little one that's under two or you've got a, one that's 42. It doesn't matter. As parents, our job is never done. And we need to understand that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to lead our family, to show our children the way of righteousness. So let's look at the work of the Holy Spirit. One, he convicts you of sin. For our kids to be people of conviction, we as parents can't afford to be comfortable with sin. Sin is something that you can hide from a lot of people, but a good front doesn't fool your children. Hosea 8, 7 tells us if we sow the wind, we'll reap a whirlwind. Parents, what you do in moderation, your kids are going to do in excess. John 16, 8 says, When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Conviction of the Holy Spirit before you're saved draws you to salvation in Jesus Christ. He convicts the world of sin and leads us to repentance. To reject the Holy Spirit leaves you under judgment. The Bible says the penalty of sin is death. And if that's where you're at today, you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Not just your Savior, but also your Lord, making Him, giving Him control of your life. Today's your day of salvation. He draws us to repentance. As believers, He reminds us who we are, made righteous. So he convicts us of the things that shouldn't be in our life. And he also convicts us of the things that should. Conviction is much more than a feeling. As a Christian, when we have a bad thought, do something we shouldn't do, say something we shouldn't say, he is at work in our life and he convicts us. That is more than a feeling. Conviction doesn't happen just when we're caught. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit and shows us that we have sinned against a holy God. He is working on us from the inside out. By convicting us, he's leading us in the way of righteousness to be more like Jesus.
As parents, it's crucial that we exemplify a lifestyle of conviction in front of our children. That means we don't have to be perfect, but our lives, our salvation, our Christian growth should be evident because of the work of the Holy Spirit through conviction in our life. Now, I'm going to be honest, you can suppress the Holy Spirit, you can ignore His prompting for a time, but if you're saved, you'll come to an end of yourself. Because being a Christian living in sin is a miserable and dangerous place to be. Hebrews tells us, who the Lord loves, He disciplines. If you can live without conviction, you've got to question your salvation. Not only are you convicted by the Holy Spirit, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says, In Him you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the gospel of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. Sealed in Jesus' day meant authenticated, owned, and protected. Upon that, the day you accepted Jesus, He sealed you with His Holy Spirit. This shows you and I that we can't lose our salvation. If you're here today and you think that's the case, if you think you've lost your salvation, I've got news. You never had it because God doesn't break his own seal. He authenticates, he owns, and he protects you. Generation Z and the Alpha Generation are looking for truth. In a culture where truth is relative and it's a moving target, this generation has potential because they're looking for truth. They want to see authenticity. The Holy Spirit has authenticated you. Your children need to see, our children need to see the same man on Sunday morning that they saw on Friday and Saturday. Same person. Authenticity. There's something... Hey, there's something very comfortable about comforting, about being sealed with the Holy Spirit. I appreciate I know where I stand with God. It means when I mess up, I have confidence in my salvation, confidence that He has me. It means when I fail as a parent, my failure is not final. It means when you lose your temper, you don't lose your salvation. Hey, you can even relapse, but you don't lose your relationship in Jesus. There's something comforting with that. That gives me confidence. Hear me on this. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit and you are sealed with Him forever. When you have a confidence in salvation you realize that you're no longer defined by sin. You're a son and daughter of God. And that confidence gives you the ability to say, hey man, I understand. I know who I am in Christ. I know I'm a Christian. I've got to confess that sin. I can't, I can't be comfortable with it. I've got to confess it. I've got to repent of it. And I've got to get back on track. He convicts you. He seals you. He lives in you. And the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And he raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. 
Hey, parents, church, the Holy Spirit is enough for you to be the parent that God has called you to be. In the fifth grade, my, my family experienced divorce. My father left. I'm thankful for a single mother that realized that she was not alone. She had the Holy Spirit living in her, and she acted as if holy God indwelled her. There was no room for bitterness. She didn't try to find... She didn't just try to find a man to fill the void that only Jesus could fill. She was indwelled by the Holy Spirit and she knew it. You know, uh, my first ninth grade, I had a lot of teachers meetings that year. I, I had detention every day but six days unless I was in in-school suspension or suspended. That was my first ninth grade. I used to have a stack of detention slips. But and Hawkins Junior High in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Mr. Tuggle would bring my mom into this meeting, and his advice to her was that she just needed to find a man. And boy, wouldn't, you know, hey, you know. We'd leave those meetings kind of laughing at Mr. Tuggle. But my mom, you know, she's sitting right there, but she realized she didn't need a man. She had the Holy Spirit. She wasn't alone. That's comforting to know, isn't it, single parents? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Church, sin doesn't have an age limit. If you start making comments like, you're too young to talk that way. You're too young to watch this. You're too young to you fill in the blank. Sin doesn't have an age limit. Sex outside of marriage is sin. It doesn't matter whether you're 15 or you're 50. You want your sons and daughters to be pure? Demonstrate purity. The excuse of too young just might mean that it's too filthy to mess with. It's sin. I often wonder how different we as a church would live if we realized that the Holy Spirit, Holy God, lived in us. God living, godly living will come naturally when we realize that He indwells us. He also teaches us. John 14, 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I told you. Verse 17 in chapter 14 says that he is the spirit of truth. In a culture where truth is a moving target, we need the spirit of truth to teach us and guide us as parents, to lead our families. You know, Chrissy and I, we go on an anniversary trip by ourselves at least every other year. Sometimes every year. We enjoy leaving the kids. And we went to Costa Rica uh, this past year. And we drove four hours in Costa Rica to a cloud forest. Which is a rainforest on top of a mountain. It's just the clouds are creating the moisture. Okay? But we get to the top of this mountain. And uh, we go to pay to take our tour. And, you know, 
miles of trails through this cloud forest. Chrissy wanted to see the toucan and, you know, this bird, that bird. And uh, normally I'm not big on paying the extra for the guide, you know. I think I'm the, like the, Christ, you know, well, I'm, I'm the Christian Bear Gorillas kind of guy. You know, I don't need anybody to walk me through the woods. But on this day, I splurged and I spent the extra $20 for the guide. And I'm glad I did. Because as we're walking through the forest, this lady had a little telescope. And she'd hear this bird and she'd go, oh, well, that's the national bird of Guatemala. And I'm like, oh, do tell. So, you know, she'd hear it and then she'd find it. She'd pinpoint it in the, mic in the telescope. She'd even take pictures of it for us. We saw a green pit viper, which is one of the most poisonous snakes of Costa Rica. Coolest thing ever. Got a picture of it like it was up close. We're walking down the trail. I mean, she heard a family of monkeys. I don't know. Y'all need, I should have researched this. I don't know what you call a family of monkeys, but it's a family of monkeys. And she heard them. We headed that way. Man, there were monkeys on top of us going crazy up in the trees. We're walking down a trail, and she goes, oh, there's a tarantula. I'm like, where? <laughs> you know? There's a hole in the side of a bank. And she goes, he's right in that hole. I'm like, okay. She gets her little telescope out, shines a flashlight in that hole, and there's a spider the size of my fist. One of the coolest things ever. I'm glad we splurged and got the guide. Because without the guide, we would have just been walking in the woods. I wouldn't have known what bird to look for, where the tarantula was. I wouldn't have seen the pit viper just sitting in the, in the branch of a tree. I'm glad that we had a guide. The Holy Spirit's a teacher and a guide. He illuminates the Word of God. He helps us understand the Word of God. Have you ever read a scripture and you've, you've read it a read it, read it hundred times and then all of a sudden you notice something you've never noticed before and it speaks to you? As a parent, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us and to guide us because without Him... We can just be parenting as if we're wandering aimlessly through the woods. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Man, I don't like it when my kids go through a hard time. But God uses circumstances to teach and guide our kids. James 1, 2 and 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you... Experience various trials because you know the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. There are times we need to sit back and let our kids handle their problems because it's the Holy Spirit guiding and teaching them in their life because we don't, ex we don't like the trials that you're going through, but we do want you and we want our kids to be mature, complete, lacking nothing. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He's a God. That's good news for me as a parent. 
I don't have to be the Holy Spirit in my children's life. He's got the power. He's the spirit of truth, even in difficult topics of culture today. Mental health, homosexuality, pornography. Hey, he'll teach you and guide you even in those conversations and parents. These are topics we must be talking about because I know this. Your kids already are. They're talking about it and the world is screaming at them. Don't shy away from the hard topics. He also produces fruit. Kids need to see the evidence of spiritual fruit in your life. God not only saves us from sin, he saves us to him, gives us the Holy Spirit to live in us, and he produces spiritual fruit in our lives. Listen to this and tell me this is not a good list that's helpful for godly parenting. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The law is not against such things. Parents, these fruits have you covered. There's love when you've had enough, joy despite your circumstances, peace when they rebel, patience when they make mistakes, kindness in your marriage, goodness when children need encouragement. There's faithfulness to the Lord, to your spouse, to your children. I'm going to say amen to this one. My kids will say amen to this. Gentleness and not grumpiness. Right? Gentleness, not grumpiness. Self-control instead of being hot-headed. Not only does he produce fruit, he empowers us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come to you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the world. Just like Jesus empowers his disciples to be bold, preach the gospel, share the gospel, the power he equips us with is sufficient for the role he has called us to. The role of a parent. He empowers us to be a parent. It's God that has called each of us to that role. Our responsibility is to proclaim the truth of the gospel and glorify him in raising our children. God's called each of us to be his witnesses. But he's not called you to reach Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and forget about your children. He empowers us as parents to be the parents that he's called us to be. He also fills us. Ephesians 5.18 says, And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit indwells us, when we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells us. But being filled means we are to be submitted to the influence of the Holy God living in us. We have everything we need in Him to live the Christian life and parent with a kingdom purpose. But we must continually be being filled. Being filled, when Paul wrote that, he wrote that to the church. 
And he wrote that, that's a plural, he wrote that to the church body to be filled. And being filled means we continually have to be filled up. Verses 19 through 21 says, it goes on to say this about to us as a church. To speak to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making music with our heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Pevine, God doesn't want you just to be a spectator. He wants you to be a participant. Build relationships here by serving Christ together so that we can submit to one another with the fear and the reverence of Christ as our Savior. This is a reminder that we need spiritual influence. Your kids need spiritual input. We need to speak spiritual truth and encouragement to one another so we become, all become filled with the Spirit. As soon as your car leaves the gas station, it starts burning fuel. Just like as soon as you leave church on Sunday morning, you start burning spiritual fuel. Being filled is not just for Sunday mornings. Worship is a lifestyle. We must continually be filled so that we don't find ourselves broke down on the side of the road. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so much that we don't have the appetite or the interest or room to be intoxicated by anything else the world has to offer. As parents, just like muscle memory is important to a sport, muscle memory and being at church and involved in church programs is vital to our children. Do you want spiritual-filled children? Do you want a spirit-filled house? Don't let church be an option. It's good to have your church family speaking truth and filling your children here at Peavine. Hey, I'm the next-gen pastor, so I think I can say this, but I, I think we have the best next-gen team in the country. You guys are just getting a glimpse of what goes on every Sunday morning in children's church. You're just getting a little taste of it. Heather does an awesome job teaching truth to children. It's good for us to have parents, have others other than us come alongside our kids and speak truth in their life. You know, Heather Burroughs, we're, we're so excited to have her as our preschool director. You know, preschool is not just for babysitting. But spiritual truth is being taught and spoken to them at the very youngest of developmental age. Justin does an excellent job leading our young people and our college students, walking alongside them in life. Justin's called him here. At an age where many walk away from the church, our young adult ministry is growing. Hey, the youth pastor here is kind of crazy, you know? Um, but what, what we do here, we do a lot of fun things, but we do it with great intention. And that's to share the gospel and show students how to live for Jesus. 
We want our, our children to be filled. We want our children at Peavine to be filled with the Holy Spirit. One day, our children will stand before God and they will not be judged according to their batting averages, GPA, or even the college they attend. They will be judged whether they knew Jesus and how much they made him known. That's it. Get them involved. You know, the other day, Janie and I went out on the lake on a jet ski. It's summertime, so you guys get a little lake illustrations, right? We go, we go out on a jet ski, and we've got an older jet ski, and we're cruising about. As soon as I get on it, I notice that it didn't quite take off the way it usually does. But I thought, hey, you know, maybe I put on some pounds or something, you know? And uh, we kept riding. About 20 minutes in the ride, I started noticing, like, hey, this thing really isn't riding right. The water was fairly calm, but the jet ski was just hopping. And so I stopped to take a closer look. And when I did, I realized instantly what had happened. Water from the outside had made it to the inside. And the water rolled up and it threw me off as soon as I stopped. And there was so much water in it, I couldn't get on it without turning it over. So we had to sit there. We found ourselves in over our head in the middle of the lake. You know, a jet ski is not designed to have water in it. It has all the power it needs to get you and keep you scooting through. But it's not designed to have water in it. Just like a jet ski isn't designed to have water, a Christian isn't designed to have sin in their life. Sin's counterproductive to the Christian walk. Just like water is counterproductive to a jet ski. You have the power. You know, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to, the, to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good pleasing and the perfect will of God parents you have everything you need in the Holy Spirit to be the parent the mom the dad that God's called you to be there's two parts to this invitation maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior You've not been born again. Today, you can be born again. Thank you, Pastor Nathan, for that incredible message. And uh, what a great reminder that we are not alone in our spiritual journey. And the truth is, uh, Pastor Joel's messages the last two weeks about culture and as we, as we face the challenges that culture presents for us as followers of Jesus, um, man, we're able to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit who advocates for us um, and convicts us and draws us into a closer personal relationship with Jesus. And uh, what a great reminder of that this morning. And maybe for you, um, you don't have the, the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. There's never been that time when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. 
And maybe that's the decision that you need to make this morning. It begins with you understanding that you're a sinner and your sin separates you from God. You've got to be willing to admit that. And then you have to believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day. And then you have to confess him as your personal Lord and Savior according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. And if God has spoken to your heart this morning, and that's the decision you need to make, tell God this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. Lord, I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day to pay the penalty and uh, close the separation that was created by my sin. Lord, right now, through the power of your Holy Spirit, I ask you to come into my heart, take away my sin, be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to you in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer this morning for the very first time, we want to say welcome to the family. We want to celebrate that with you, and we want to help you take next steps on your faith journey with Jesus. And so we've just dropped a link in the chat box that says, I commit my life to Christ. Click on that. Give us just answer a couple of questions about you for us, and we'll be in touch this week. Hey, it has been great to worship together, and, um, and I look forward to these times each week. God bless you. Have a great week. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening.